Jean-Michel Basquiat once said, Art is how we decorate space. Music is how we decorate time. This is Limroche, the Queen Dawn from across the pond. Right now you are locked on to a special edition of Jazz E Lounge, the podcast. This is Limarash, the Queen Dawn, from across the pond, and right now you are locked on to Jazz E Lounge, the podcast. Attention all of you Jean-Michel Basquiat fans. The King Pleasure Exhibit is now open in Los Angeles. That's right. King Pleasure Exhibit is now on display in L.A. It is simply called King Pleasure. It is going to be located at The Grand, right in downtown Los Angeles, California. This exhibit, this is the second um, installment of this exhibit. The first one opened up in New York. And I'm going to say that's about probably about six months to nine months ago. And I did not get a chance to get to that exhibit in New York. But they are moving. It is already moved and is open. The King Pleasure LA exhibit is now open, y'all. It's not moving. It's open in Los Angeles. And it is organized, curated, and produced by the estate of Jean-Michel Basquiat and administrated by his sister's. Lisa Ann and Janine. Now, I'm really, really excited for the sisters of Jean-Michel Basquiat because at one time, you know, it was reported that when Basquiat passed away, it was hundreds of pieces that were all left in the room he was in. Okay, so if, if knowing the situation and people started to find out that he had passed. I know ran to that apartment where he was, where he lived, where he um, produced and where he created. They ran all over to the places where they knew he was to gather up all of these, his, his paintings and his works. But we are excited that the estate of Jean-Michel Basquiat has over 200 never before seen and rarely shown works by the late artist. That is hot. That is hot. It features paintings and drawings, a multimedia presentation and different artifacts. And I'm so excited. I definitely need to plan my trip. I don't know where else this exhibit is going to travel to, but I really would like to see it. I only saw one of his exhibits in Cleveland, Ohio at the Cleveland Museum of Art. And that was the Jean-Michel Basquiat notebooks. And that featured several hundreds of his notebooks and drawings and paintings and I was I was fortunate to see that because that sparked something in me because I saw the name Miles Davis just sketched into one of his art pieces and it caught my attention right away because I knew of the artist but I didn't know I didn't know too much about his works you know what I'm saying we heard about the the paintings and that were sold for millions of dollars but to analyze his works is a whole nother level. So check it out. If you know anything about Basquiat, Jean-Michel Basquiat, his art has been analyzed now by art critics and 
enthusiasts and students. And what they have noticed is that his works, it really expresses the black experience. It features several genres of popular culture. It has features of black sports figures, literature, it's poetry going down, it's, it's graffiti that people have uh, really witnessed in his works and really analyzed. But most importantly in this frame of mind, he really expressed jazz music in particular jazz music and he has a collection of art that's just dedicated to bop and bebop artists and I have an episode of that in particular on on my podcast you know Jean-Michel Bascot he was um he listened to and he really he painted while listening to jazz greats like Charlie Parker and and Miles Davis, you know what I'm saying? These people in the in the industry who created jazz and bop and bebop, he listened to them, so he was very inspired. So I'm gonna talk when I come back about this exhibit, King Pleasure, where that title comes from, and what is that all about? King Pleasure, the LA exhibit, baby, is now open. This is Lamrush. Hey, this is Lamarosh, and as promised, I am back to talk about the King Pleasure Exhibit, now on display in L.A., and I do believe it's going to go on through the end of July, end of July, so um, double-check that. It's the King Pleasure L.A., now opened in Los Angeles, California. Just go ahead and Google that King Pleasure Basquiat. It'll pop up. All the information you need will pop up. But listen, King Pleasure, which is the name of the exhibit, is actually the title of a painting that Jean-Michel Basquiat painted around 1987. Now, King Pleasure is also the name of a bebop-loving bartender turned jazz vocalist. Dig that. <laughs> Dig that. King Pleasure's first hit was in 1952. And some of you already know the name of that song. King Pleasure recorded Moody's Mood for Love. Dig that. And it was said that the legendary DJ Frankie Crocker of WBLS would close out his show every night with King Pleasure's Moody Mood for Love. Now, imagine a young Jean-Michel Basquiat listening to Frankie Crocker as a kid, okay? We're talking about straight up what we call black music okay, was being played through those airwaves, including jazz and bebop, you know, soul and 
I'm sure Frankie threw in everything from Motown to blues. But it was this song, Moody's Move for Love by King Pleasure, that was so magnifying that Jean-Michel Basquiat decided to make a painting dedicated to King Pleasure, the jazz vocalist. Now, this song was also said that it was Jean-Michel Basquiat's father, his favorite song. So imagine you as a child, a young mind, an artistic mind, listening to this love song. And if you know the song, Moody's Move for Love, it is a love song. You know what I'm saying? It's a duet between a man and a woman. And he was so inspired that he created this piece, which will be the piece for this particular episode. (laughs) You feel me? But when I come back, I'm going to dig a little deeper. We're going to talk about who King Pleasure is and how this song, Moody's Move for Love, changed the game all together. This is LaRoche. Come on back. It's just getting started. This is still Limrosh, and as promised, I am back. It's all about King Pleasure. The exhibit by Jean-Michel Basquiat is now on display in L.A. And if you need to check it out like I do, you need to get on that internet and try to book some arrangements. And you want to book them with the CLE City Traveler, you hear me? That's Charmel Joyner your independent travel agent. Yeah, she gonna sponsor this episode. That's right. If you wanna go to LA, stay and hang out in LA, you wanna hang out and see the Jean-Michel Basquiat King Pleasure exhibit, you want to stay tuned for this one. Listen, before the break, we were talking about the King Pleasure painting that Jean-Michel Basquiat Uh, Painted, and he was inspired by a song, Moody's Move for Love. And that song was performed by a man named King Pleasure. But before King Pleasure was Mr. Pleasurable, he was born Clarence Beeks in 1922 in Oakdale, Tennessee. (laughs) Oakdale, Tennessee. So he was a Southern boy. He was a Southern boy, born in the 1920s, which means he was inspired, his family was inspired, and particularly by the Harlem Renaissance. The Harlem Renaissance was a time in America where black people who were the descendants of the newly freed slaves, if you will, they were demonstrating and exhibiting themselves with pride, They became educated. They were artists and musicians and poets, and they wrote literature, and they were professionals and doctors, and they were lawyers, and they were nurses, and people were becoming educated and very fashionable and eloquent and and just, just banging all the way. You feel me? That was the Harlem Renaissance. 
It was a way for black people to have pride in themselves. If you still lived in the South during the 1920s, you was really trying to get up out of there. You was trying to get up out of the South, make some big moves, especially if you were an entertainer, a singer, a dancer. Uh, If you had the gift to maneuver yourselves through a major city like New York or Chicago during the Harlem Renaissance. And Clarence Beeks was no different. He was the type of person who left Oakdale, Tennessee in the late 1940s. So we're talking by then he was in his late 20s. He probably had enough of Tennessee. He wasn't feeling Tennessee no more. All that Southern Bell stuff was not on his agenda. And he left and he moved to New York. Like most musicians and, and, and entertainers and singers and dancers did. If you were in the South and you ha- had some talent, you went to New York. You went North. You went to Chicago. You tried to get a, make a better life for yourself and your family. And Clarence Beeks, when he went to New York, he joined this passing parade. Now think about a parade, okay? During the 1920s, that was a form of pageantry and theater. It was performance. When you were in a parade, you might have been exhibiting um, acrobats or, or circus acts, if you will, dance and juggling and things that were entertaining people. It wasn't no television and internet and cell phone, watch your phone and watch a show on your phone. You weren't watching Netflix and all of that. You were being entertained by human beings, people who were in these circuses and parades, who were on stage and, you know, doing vaudeville acts and all these things. And Clarence Beeks was part of this passing parade in New York. And I know because it was the 1940s, that in this parade, there was the band was not just playing no Dixieland. They were playing ragtime, bop, bebop, blues. You feel me? So they're going through this in this parade with this music that Clarence may have been familiar with, but every day was something new. Artists was creating every day. It was something brand new. And he, he was a part of this mix. So when I come right back, I'm going to tell you, how he becomes Mr. King Pleasure. <laughs> this is La Rush. This is Lamrush, the storyteller. And I love a good story. This is the Queen Dawn from across the pond. And I'm about to continue talking about Clarence Beats. Okay. The the singer, the entertainer, the traveler, you know what I'm saying? So he's in New York in the late 1940s, and I'm sure he saw all of the artists, everybody you can think about that was in New York in the 1940s. I don't even have to name drop. You can just put in your mind the Dizzy Gillespie's, the Charlie Parker's, the young Miles Davis, you feel me? We, we talking about people who was in New York getting it all the way in. The Ella Fitzgeralds, you feel me? <laughs> we talking about this man since the 1940s in New York. 
and by 1951, he had already not only been introduced to bop and bebop, but also and vocalists, but people who were scatting, like Ella Fitzgerald. He was also, I'm sure, saw Billy Holiday hanging out. You feel me? Uh, we're talking about Coltrane. We're talking about the 1940s here. But also was introduced by the 50s. We're, we're talking about someone who was singing what they call vocalese. And that's when people are taking some melodies from jazz songs and putting some lyrics to it. And as well as adding a little scatting in there. So there's a man named Eddie Jefferson who was known for doing that. And Eddie Jefferson actually wrote some lyrics to a song that became a signature song for Clarence Beeks. Clarence Beeks decides that he's going to go to the amateur night at the Apollo Theater in Harlem, New York by 1951. When he performed his rendition of Eddie Jefferson's Moody's Move for Love, he instantly became a hit and became known as King Pleasure. So imagine how he sang that song in front of that tough crowd at the Apollo Theater in New York, Harlem, New York, okay? The birthplace of the Harlem Renaissance. See, this song that Eddie Jefferson wrote he wrote these lyrics and it was derived from a melody that was improvised. It was a solo that was improvised by jazz saxophonist James Moody. You dig it? So James Moody had this solo version going down. And then Eddie Jefferson decided he's going to take some, write some lyrics to it. And then Mr. Clarence Beeks becomes King Pleasure. And a year after his performance, he signed to Prestige Records and naturally releases his first song, I'm in the Mood for Love, which was later known as Moody's Mood for Love. King Pleasure. <laughs> is the name of the exhibit by Jean-Michel Basquiat. Why did they choose this particular piece of art and name the exhibit King Pleasure? I'm going to say that it must have been one of the most influential songs that Jean-Michel Basquiat heard. It influenced him. And many of his paintings that deal with... Uh, Jazz and bop and bebop artists are, are equally as magnificent. But it must have been something about that King Pleasure because they said in, in the article I'm reading that it was one of his dad's favorite songs. And you know how that can go. That's my daddy's song right there. My daddy loved that song. Oh, every time I hear that song, my daddy loved that song. So imagine being influenced by King Pleasure's moody mood for love. When I come back, I'm going to close it out with just a little bit more about the exhibit going on. 
This has been a wonderful episode talking about King Pleasure. I love the name King Pleasure. We ain't talking about no love pleasure. We talking about King Pleasure. And where the title of this exhibit came from. This is Lamrosh. Come on back. We're going to wrap it up. my time has come to an end this was an exciting episode talking about king pleasure exhibit by jean-michel basquiat now on display in los angeles california up until the i think the end of july i want you to get on the website they have so many events scheduled activities for families and art making activities for children they have panels going down talking about hip-hop and art and everything in between. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's about King Pleasure, y'all. The exhibit in L.A. by Jean-Michel Basquiat. This is Lamarache saying ciao for now.